Father, we want to thank you, Father, for this morning once again, O oh Lord. We come to your presence, to your throne of grace, Lord. Father, the beginning of the year, the promise fresh in our minds. The hearts thumping with expectancy as to what you're going to do. And this morning, Father, we come to your table that you would feed us and strengthen us in your promise. Father, that Lord, we will not waver. We will hold on to it. The power of the unfulfilled promise is what you have been speaking to us, O Lord. And we will see that unfolding in our lives. We speak that into our lives in the name of Jesus. And therefore this morning, O Lord, even as we meditate upon your word, I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen us through your word. The word says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, the word of Christ. Father, therefore I pray for your anointing to rest over your word. Even through this vessel, O Lord, I pray, Lord, your word says, O Lord, the word of God has got the power to work in those who believe. Father, may your word find faith. And even as we receive your word by faith, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would fill us with the Holy Spirit, O Lord, and transform us in the inner man and cause us to walk in your ways. To that end, I pray that you would anoint the speaking and the hearing of today's word. Bless us, Father. Grant us grace to hear. Grant us grace to concentrate. We thank you. We praise you. For in Jesus' name, Amen. What an year 2021, 2020 was. Yesterday, I was talking to Pastor and I was telling him, truly it's been a year of many falling and many rising. <laughs> so many people fell away. Okay. It's been a year of the rising and falling of uh, individuals, of families, of churches, of ministries, of nations. I mean, you wouldn't just name it. The way 2020 spanned, panned out and no wonder God gave us a promise. Rise up and what? Build. So that we would what? Stand and not fall. See, God is awesome. Okay, awesome. And so this morning, uh, you see, um, I'm doing my, started redoing my Bible reading. You know, I just finished Bible in one year. So I started again. Um, just reading through the Bible again. And now this time I read the Bible through the focus of the promise. Okay. Do that. Okay. If you're, if you have the habit of going through the Bible, you know, read that with the promise of God in your mind and you'll see incredible light in your, even in your devotions, put the promise of God in your mind. Okay. And read it and ask God for life that he would impart uh, life and faith into inside of you, even as you receive every word by faith, if everything, I mean, even the daily readings that we get in the mornings, receive it with the promise of God in our minds, everything with that, with that, with that focus, because I learned the lesson last year, okay, what God gave us, we had no idea, and then the way we look, the way the year unfolded, it was unbelievable what God had given us, and therefore we don't want to lose sight, okay, so we learn from what we've experienced in 2020 and we look forward to the coming year. Therefore, the promise that we received, we read it in the morning, we'll revisit again, 
Isaiah chapter 54, verses 2 and 3. Don't worry about the... Don't, don't, don't have to. Just sit down. Okay, relax. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. What a promise. Okay. Incredible, no? Now, imagine, no, if I, if I was a graduate who came from the top university in the world. Okay. My resume was selected into Facebook. What a fantastic resume. Okay. Fantastic resume. Okay. And I get a 1.5 crore offer like I trip, IIT Rurki has been advertising all over the newspapers. Our graduates got Facebook offer 1.5 crore per annum. Okay, fine. Resume is fantastic. But to whom is this promise, Baba? What is the worst people? Who, what is their resume? You should see. Whenever you look at promises, we also want to look at the people to whom the promise is given. So that, you know, you see the glory of God in it. Okay, to whom is it promised? Okay, look at this. Exactly. Sing, O barren. The one who has not, doesn't know what labor is. The one who is desolate. To you, what is the promise? Enlarge. Amazing. That is God. You see, that is the reason why the promise is incredible. To the person who has, to whom it has been given. So think about it. Think about last year, for example. And you say, Lord, I don't know whether I really was fruitful last year. Okay. Or maybe I was I mean, I was a, possibly a failure. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I fell maybe. I was, instead of building my life, I fell in my life. I was absolutely fruitless. I mean, it's incredible, right? God is always a God of optimism like we hear from pastor. He's an optimist. As an, and he is an eternal optimist. Just not one, one kind of optimist. He's an eternal optimist. Okay. What kind of a love did I love with you? love you with? I everlasting love. Amazing. Where do we get that kind of a love? Right. And that is the reason why this promise is so incredible. Incredible. And I was looking at my own life. I was barren in so many years, areas in my life. I don't know. I mean, I, you examine your own lives and you will see. Okay. okay. The first uh, miracle that Elisha does is he turns the barren land into a fruitful land. And he goes to the source. Remember? Therefore, the resume of the person to, the, to whom the promise has been given are barren people. That is the reason why Paul tells the Corinthian church, he says, see your calling brethren. <laughs> look, at the, look at your resumes. Do you think it will be shortlisted by <laughs> Microsoft? No. <laughs> think about that. No. To you, this promise has been given. Okay. Right from the beginning, you'll see this, this panning out in scripture. Genesis chapter 11, it says, Abraham and Nahor took wives. The name of Abraham's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, the father of Iscah. But Sarai was barren. She had no child. Barren. The first three patriarchs, the word for barren is interesting. You know what it means? Hamstrung. That's a word. 
But you know what hamstring, being hamstrung is? You know, if you, if you know the worst injury all the sports people fear, <laughs> which is career ending for, for many, especially the fast bowlers, hamstring injury. After that, there's no recovery. They are useless. They are put on the shelf. Okay. Especially for I me, mean, we have one brother who, who, uh, who plays, uh, uh, professional cricket. He thrashed a hundred the other day. Fourteen sixes and thirteen fours, he said. Okay. And he said, Anna, but my knee. See. That's where hamstring is. The, all the tendon muscles, I believe, are, are around the knee. Okay. And if that is gone, a sportsman's career is over. And that's exactly what he's saying. The barren woman is a hamstring. I mean, that is absolutely hamstring. Hamstring horse is absolutely useless. You know what they do to the horse? They shoot it and they kill it. And to those people, you know what God is promising? Enlarge. That is God. Okay. So therefore we come to God with what? Expectancy in our hearts, Lord. And you see all the patriarchs, the first three patriarchs, Okay, you see Abraham, Abraham's wife, barren. Same word. Isaac pleaded with Lord for his wife because she was barren. Genesis chapter 25, verse 21. 29, 31 of, of uh, Genesis. When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, she opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. You see, they all experienced that. Barren lives. And scripture says whatever was written for them was written for what? Our learning, if happened to them, so that just like the way they believed and inherited the promises, we also what? Believe. For example, look at Abraham's life and what does Romans chapter 4 talk about Abraham? Look at what it says in Romans chapter 4. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. That means he believed that his, his tent will be what? Enlarged, right? According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body. Now what? Dead. It was dead, barren. When he was about 100 years old, neither at the, he had the deadness of Sarah's womb. But he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded. Yes, this was a conviction of Abraham. Even though I see nothing, like Habakkuk says, even though the fig tree doesn't blossom, yet I will praise him. I am fully convinced that God who promised, he is also able to perform. And therefore, it was imputed to him for unrighteousness. It was only written for Abraham? No, 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 no. Look at what scripture says, Romans chapter 4 continues. The words it was credited to him were not written for him alone, but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness for us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over for our death, for our sins, and was raised to life for our justification. That means what? The same God who rose Christ Jesus from the dead will give power to your mortal bodies so that you will be fruitful. That's the, that's the whole premise of this. So believe. If, but if the spirit of him, Romans chapter 8, verse 11, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwells in you. So he promised. So he promised a church. I promised a bunch of 11 guys who were, who said, I'm good, not good for Christianity. I will go what? Fishing. Okay. 
And he appeared to 500, over 500 of his disciples. And you know what he promised? Enlarge your territory. That's what he promised. Acts chapter 1, verse, verse 4. On one occasion, while he was with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave J- Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promise, has promised you, which you have heard from me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. No, no, we don't have to wait for the Holy Spirit like the way they waited. But the point here is this, but wait. See, waiting is not just doing nothing. It's a spiritual state. Okay. It is, wait has works. Okay. Waiting is just not wasting time. It is investing your time with an expectancy that God is going to give you a harvest. Okay. Understand that. So this morning, to whom did God promise this harvest of this promise? And what is that one spiritual exercise that we need to do in order for this promise to become true in our lives? Okay. The promise. The word of God has got the power to work in those who? Believe. But faith as body without spirit is dead. Ah, Faith without works is dead. So what is that one work that we have to do in, the, in terms of waiting per se? See, waiting is a very important spiritual exercise. Alright. Um, they had to wait for 10 days until they were endowed with power. Okay. Uh, John the Baptist had to wait for 30 years in the wilderness. Jesus waited 30 years in his parents place before he went into the into the into the mission field but there's a waiting period there's a spiritual exercise that you and I have to go through in order for this promise to come real in our lives so let us see what that is Isaiah chapter 54 verse 1 sing o barren you who have not born and what should you do break forth into singing that's pastor was talking about it right like uh, we looked at in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. Don't have to say, joy of the Lord is your strength. We sang that song in the morning. We stand and lift up your our hands. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. Go eat. Today is the day of Lord's deliverance. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Break forth into singing. Okay? Break forth into singing. Mano, this, this singing is just not ordinary singing. See, we as believers just don't sing. Our singing, our praise and our worship is a spiritual exercise. Okay. Those who worship God must worship in, in spirit and in truth. It is something. It is a fruit of our lips giving what? Thanks. It's like, let us come to him, continue giving him a sacrifice of praise. It's a spiritual exercise. Our singing to God is a spiritual exercise. And what is that spiritual exercise? Let us look at it today. 2020. We had a promise. So Second Chronicles 2020 will say what? So they rose up early in the morning and went into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe in his prophets and you shall prosper. That is 2020. And what is 2021? <laughs> Look at what he will say. Next one. And when he had consulted the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord. And how should they sing? Ah, and you should praise the Lord in the, what? In the beauty of holiness. See, that is the reason why it's a spiritual exercise. Let me tell you something. 
one of the weapons the enemy is scared is a, is a weapon of a holy life. A sanctified life. The ruler of the world has come to me and he has found nothing. And therefore he's scared. The power of a sanctified life. The power of a sanctified mind. That is the reason why Peter says, arm yourself with a... What? What is arming? Having a weapon. It is your holy life. You see? So what, you, what should you do? Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. It occurs three, four times in the entire Bible actually. David sings in one of his psalms and that psalm actually gets recorded in uh, Psalm 29 and Psalm 96, 969. That is what number of years who, who lived? Methuselah lived. Psalm 969 also says, 96 verse 9 will say, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Psalm 29 verse 2 also will say, give unto the Lord, O ye mighty, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name and worship the Lord in the beauty of what? Holiness. So let me tell you something. Okay. You want this promise to come true in your lives? Okay. You know what God says? Sanctify yourself. In every time God says, no, uh, he says, um, sanctify yourselves. Change your garments. For tomorrow God is going to do what? Wonders among you. Okay. Spiritual exercise. In the beauty of holiness. Looked at several translations, no? In Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 21 in the NASB. Look at what it says. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in what? Holy attire. I like that. That is what exactly the Telugu translation also says. Okay. Wear holy garments and praise him. The garments of holiness. See, why is promises given? Primarily. There are several reasons why promises are given. One of the reasons why promises is given, and you can see so many promises in the Bible, what one of the reasons why promises is given, we know it very well, it is actually given for sanctification. You know that? Where is it in the Bible? Okay, let us see. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 4, by which we have been given to us exceedingly great and what? Precious promises that through these you may be partakers of his Ah, that is holiness, divine nature. Be holy as I am holy. Be separate from this world. Being partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Therefore, what is every promise given for? To escape the corruption that is in the world. Don't use shortcuts like the way Abraham did. Okay. Don't use short shortcuts. All right. And one of the most important things most holy thing in our life, you know the most holy commodity in our life, you know what it is? If I were to ask you, what is the most holy thing which is set apart for God? The very first thing that God calls holy in the Bible. Anybody knows? Mm -hmm. That's an important question. Okay, Genesis chapter 2. Verses 2 and 3. And on the seventh day, God 
ended his work which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from his work which he had made. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. So what is holy? Time. That is the reason why the psalm writer will say, my times are in your hands. Okay. So, one of the things that we have to use the time, which is holy, set apart for God. So, every breath is now a gift from God. The, every minute and every second that of life that we have is a gift from God. And therefore, what should you do, Lord? This is what? Separated. Set apart for you. Not for me anymore. Whatever you're doing, you could be a software engineer or a, or a teacher or a lecturer or a student or a, or a gardener or a housewife, whatever profession that you're doing, one of the things you do not live anymore for yourself, your time is God's and therefore you know what God says, this time is mine. Sanctified it, sanctified. God calls the seventh day. What is that? That means what? I'm no longer doing my work, but I'm doing his work. That's exactly what Hebrews chapter 4 verse 10 will say. For he has, he that is entered into his rest, he is also seized from his own works. In other other words, he's saying, Lord, the rest of my time belongs to, that means it is what? Holy, sanctified. Sanctified. The older I grow, the lesser time I have that I know. Because I know fractions very well. And that is one thing my daughter struggles with. Fractions, she has to wrap around her mind with fractions. 1 by 40. No, 40 plus no. Every other year is 1 by 40 now for me. If you are 10 years old, every other is only 1 by 10. Now tell me which is greater, 1 by 10 or 1 by 40? Oh, 1 by 10. Okay. When you go to 50, 1 by 50. Every next year. If you go to 60, 1 by 60, 70, that means the slice is getting thinner and thinner and thinner. So when all the young people, when they, when they are growing, oh, I have only 1 by 10, they will say. You see, that is the reason why it's good to do mathematics. And see how numbers actually change. Yesterday we had, Justin and I were having a discussion. She was telling, you know, God is not generally interested in numbers, but I said, he is interested in numbers. He wrote the book of numbers. Why is there numbers in the Bible? <laughs> okay, he is interested in numbers of the people who didn't make it into the promised land. Primarily. Okay. So numbers are good. You should have a good grasp of numbers, Baba. The first thing I teach my students in the class is number theory, at least a bit of it. Okay. If mathematics is a queen of all sciences, number theory is a queen of mathematics. It is a queen of all queens. You see? That is the reason why numbers are important, my dear brothers. Fractions, what is happening? Slices of your life are passing away. The question is, is that holy for you? Do you think your time is holy? It means set apart for God. Whatever you're doing. And you say, oh, tenth only I will give. What tenth? <laughs> that is what old, old covenant, old covenant uh, believers. For, for, from now on, my life is not my own, says Paul. He pours out his life as a what offering? Drink offering, everything. In, in Telugu, it is even more fired up. It is panarpanamu. You saw? In the powerful, in the? That is, that is what it is. 
And those you, and you people, they say, Abba, and you will not take the Telugu Bible. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, devotion. You'll say, Abba. But no Telugu. No, 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 no. Very far away from them. Okay. So, enter. That means what? The first thing God says is hallow and is holy in your life is your time. Become conscious about that, my dear brothers and sisters. Become conscious about time. Okay. Time like an ever rolling stream bears all its sons away, it says. They are all forgotten as a, as a dream. They are gone. Okay. That is the reason why everybody was given how many minus? Ten people, ten minus. Each got? Ah, one. Again, my numbers over there. Division. That is a question I keep on asking Abigail because she gets confused, confused with division and multiplication. Ah, ten divided by yeah, ten. One. See numbers, you see? How important mathematics is. <laughs> that is the reason. See, God is an accountant, Baba. Because the kingdom of the kingdom of God is like the one who has to give an account. Every time we do auditing is a is a hot no, you know that, right? Everything we have should give an account. If the earthly auditor will give us so much tension, how much more the heavenly auditor? Sorry, Pradeep Abraham, you are watching, okay? Because Sam and I have. <laughs> Amen, hallelujah. So, okay, our earthly auditor will give you so much tension. Where is this money coming from? Where is it going? Ah, see, every audit is a, par- is a parable. I have three visits to the to the CA every year. One for the church accounts, one for my own accounts, and one for my school's accounts. And every time God is reminding me, one day accounting is going to happen. How are you using your time? Are you investing and redeeming? What did I say? Ah, investing and redeeming. Both are important. You should invest your time and you should redeem your time. Okay, let me show you. Ephesians chapter 5. You see that? See then you walk circumspectly. What What did I say? Circumspectly. Careful. Careful with your words. Careful with your money. Careful with your time. Careful with your resources. Everything careful. Okay. Circumspectly. Not as fools, but as wise. How? Redeeming the time, knowing that the days are evil. The word for evil is powerful. The word for Hebrew, the word for uh, evil in Greek is poneros, from which we get the word evil one. Okay. And you know what? The enemy is there, right there. And what does the enemy come for? Stealing. <laughs> what? Time. And then, killing. Time. Finally, Destroying time. Just imagine now your time, your day. Just do an audit of the time that you spent in a day. That will be interesting. The reason why we don't do audit of time is because we are scared. Okay. But the kingdom of God suffers violence. (laughs) Violent take an audit of their time. Take an audit of your time every day. How do you spend? What time you get up? How much time you're spending in the world? How much time you're spending in the vocation that God has called you to? How are you giving your 100%? It's important. 
So this is redeeming time. This is what you call as redeeming. Okay. So how do you redeem time? First you have to invest time. No, this is actually keros. Actually the word for time is keros. Because the days are evil. Therefore do not be understand, but, uh, uh, unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now think about it. No, have you been given the will of the Lord for the church? Yeah, it has already been given. If you believe, enlarge your territory. It's very clear. Right? So if you are people who believe that, you know, God has spoken to us as a church, and the point is you have to be really, really, really people who are appreciative of this. I'll tell you why. Because I see every other church. How many churches you can say have been given a promise? Like this, specifically. I'm not boasting, okay? I'm not boasting. You take an inventory. You go to a website and see if uh, 2021, every church has been given a specific promise. I know another church. That's all. They also happen to be Pentecostal. Okay, that is besides the point, but understand. How many churches? You know what? That God is actually making it easy for us. Okay, already you know what, what to achieve. Exam ka paper out ho gaya. I already know what, what, see, that is the, exam paper is already given. Work. Open book exam. Everything is given. Syllabus is given. 365 days are there this year because it's not a leap year. Okay. Exam paper is ready. So what are you going to do? Redeeming the time. That is the reason why we should know. The will of God is already clear. And therefore, in, so like we, we know, right? We have the standard will of God and the specific will of God. No? Standard model. <laughs> like that. Uh, luxury model. So first, the standard thing, in order for us to ensure that this specific will of God be, I mean, really, really, really established in our hearts and work in our lives, what we should do? First Thessalonians chapter 4. Finally then my brothers, we urge you and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more. What is that? What is that? Abound? More and more? Enlarge. Stretch. Abound more and more. Just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God. For you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus Christ. For this is the will of God. What is that? Your sanctification. This is the will of God. That you'll be sanctified. Your time will be sanctified. Primarily. That each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. So first, in order to redeem time, you have to invest time. How do you invest time? First Peter chapter 4 will say, Okay, therefore since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that, that he should no longer lift the rest of, the word is H-I-S, is in italics, meaning what? Not there. No, 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 no. Listen, 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 listen. And that means what? It is not his time. It is his time. Okay. That he should no longer live the rest of time in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. That is chronos. Live the rest of time, not for the lusts of men. That is the reason why we've been given a promise. That we should be partakers of the Divine nature, having escaped the corruption which is in the world through lust. That is the reason why promises have been given. 
So that we will be set apart for God. Our time will be set apart for God. Our resources will be set apart for God. Like pastor says, stretch your giving. Stretch it. This is the will of God. Your sanctification. So God has given us a promise. And it's definitely still not fulfilled right in our lives. It's only three days. Okay. We're still waiting. Therefore, I wrote this point. The power of an unfulfilled promise should inspire what? Holy living. Okay. Should inspire holy living. Okay. Okay. It's not coming to pass. Uh, Let me just, I don't know what it is. It's so vague. We'll come to vagaries later on. God is specific, not vague. You know that? Okay. According to your faith, let it be done unto you. Tadastu. In other words. You see, the, the, the promise, what did I say? The power of an unfulfilled promise should inspire holy living. Let me give you an example. Jacob had a dream. A promise. One day you are going to reign. So, let me tell you something. When he was telling his promise to his brothers, he was not asking for information and interpretation. He was only telling them. And they also knew what it it meant. Because those days, how did the word of God come? Through visions and dreams and through angels. Essentially. They didn't have the written, holy writ like this, like the way we enjoy. So, everybody knew what he was talking about. Therefore, when he saw this, they saw this guy coming to see them in uh, Dothan. They said, let us finish this fellow off and see what will happen to his dreams. Let us see if the promises of God will be fulfilled in his life. But the power of an unfulfilled promise should inspire holy living. Look at how David, I'm sorry, Joseph's life is summarized in Psalm 105. Look at this. It's a powerful uh, summary of Joseph's life. Psalm 105. Look at what it says. Moreover, he called for a famine upon the land. He break the whole staff of bread. He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant or a slave, whose feet they hurt with fetters. He was laid in iron until the time that his word came to pass, though the word of the Lord tried him. Tried whether he will live a what life? Holy life. Okay. Whether I'm going to succumb to this temptation over here or whether I will live in the light of God, God has promised me. Whether I live, whether I will, whether I will succumb to bitterness and anger and frustration or will I live in the light of what God is, God has promised me. Whether I will live in the bitterness of betrayal or whether will I live in the light of what God has promised me. What inspired holy living in Joseph's life is the power of an unfulfilled promise. I'm telling you with conviction, my dear brothers, this promise, I believe it with all my heart. And I said, Lord, I want to be set apart and sanctified for this promise to come true in my life. Whatever it is. Whatever it is, Lord. And I will be set apart. My mind, my time, my resources, my everything that you have given me, Lord, I want to give it to you and you alone. Because you deserve it. And I know, Lord, the power of an unfulfilled promise should, what? Inspire holy living. 
You know, you should see how the Septuagint puts verse 18. Psalm 105 verse 18. They hurt his feet in fetters. His soul passed into iron. Powerful. Meaning what he became even more convinced about the promise. His convictions even become, they became even more stronger. The more he was going through trial and temptations and, and tests, he was saying, you know, Lord, you promise, Lord, and you're doing something, something in my life. And I'm not going to succumb to anything. I'm going to keep myself set apart for that particular purpose in my life. So what does he do? Psalm 105, I love it in KJV. Read it for yourself and kiss it. Okay. The king sent and loosed him. Even the ruler of the people and let him go free. He made him lord of his house and ruler of all his substance. Meaning even Pharaoh's son, if he wants food, he has to go to food. Who? Joseph with a begging ball. Sir, who are you? Pharaoh's son. I'm the prince. No, no, no. Sir. Can you imagine how God takes, turns the tables? And then look at what he says. To bind his princes of Egypt at his pleasure. The powers of darkness, he bound them. And he taught his senator's wisdom. I like that. <laughs> underline that. Okay. Okay. All GTC people underline it. <laughs> the senators are being taught wisdom these days. <laughs> okay. And the powers of darkness are being bound. That is the reason why, you see, the Proverbs says, see a man who is diligent in his work. Mark a man who is diligent in his work. He will not stand before ordinary men, but before kings. Mark him. Mark him. And one day, Pharaoh brings him. That's his chaos moment, Baba. How did that chaos moment come? Because he spent his chronos, what? Sanctifying himself for the word that God spoke into his life. Did God speak a word into your life? Everybody got sent, uh, you got a promise card. How are you going to read your promise card? It is not chilaka dyotsham. No, 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 no. It is not parrot, Baba. No, 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 no. That is how many people, ah, what is the promise? No, no, no. You know how I read my every promise that God given us? God has given us every promise in the light of what he has spoken to us as a church. You know what the promise God gave me? Interesting, okay. Proverbs 20 verse 22. 20, 21, 22, easily. Mm. <laughs> he says, don't avenge yourselves, wait on the Lord, he will save you. I said, what is this Lord? Wait. Wait on the Lord. Save you. You're all looking at each other. No, no, read your promises in the light of what God has given you. And hold on to it now. Okay. And look at what Pharaoh has to say about Joseph. I love that. Hmm. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find such a one as this? A man in whom is the Spirit of God. How did the holy life come into him? Because the Holy Spirit wrought his work. That is the reason why it says in Romans chapter 1, God raised up Jesus Christ from the dead. What? How? Through the Spirit of? Ah, through the Spirit of holiness. It is not Holy Spirit. It is through the Spirit of holiness. 
It's not through the Holy Spirit. You go and read the Bible carefully. Why is the Holy Spirit given? To sanctify us. Set us apart. Primarily. All the other benefits are there. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and as wise as you. You shall be over my house and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will you be, will I be greater than you. And then you know what he says? Verse 44, Joseph also said to Pharaoh, I am Pharaoh. And without your consent, I am Pharaoh. And without, kya baat hai? Who's ruling Baba? Super. And without your consent, no man may lift his hand or foot in the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name, Zafnath Panea. You know what the word means? God speaks and he lives. That's exactly how he, how he lived. Zafnath Panea means God speak, he lived. God spoke, he lived. God spoke, God gave him a promise and he lived according in the light of the promise that God has given him. And what did it, it inspire him to? Holy life, my dear brothers and sisters. And you know the biggest time that God has given you? I was, I was taking account of all the people in this congregation. Okay, when pastor was praying. I was counting the number of people less than 40. 75% of the congregation is less than 40. Okay, that means I have passed youth. <laughs> okay, okay. 75% of the congregation is less than 40. At least 40% of you are less than 30. And at least 25% of you are less than 25. You know what? Youth is a fantastic time. Don't waste your youth. What should you do? Ah, redeem your youth. Redeem. Sad. Redeem your youth. Okay, look, let me see. How many of you less than or equal to 25? Let me see. 30, Pony. At least let me extend the envelope. Are you raise your hands, Baba? Why are you ashamed? I'm, I said approximately, you know, I don't want to know your age. Okay. Raise your hands. Okay, 35? 40? Less than 40? Most of the hands are there. Less than 40. Why are you not less than 40, sister? Oh, you raise your hands then. <laughs> raise your hand, Baba. Okay. Interesting. Most of you are young. Redeem your youth. The kind of energies you have when you're young. Ask my professor. If you're young and if you're full talent, you know what? He will sit outside your door and redeem you. <laughs> huh? I remember those days, no? I got a, I got admission into IIIT as a, as a PhD student and immediately after I got it, after two months I got a call from Eton, Pune. Telephonic interview over, international interview over. They wanted to me to come and give them a presentation and they were so gung about having me in their team. Now I was doing my PhD and I went to my prof and said, sir, uh, I got a call from Eton. He got up from his chair and he said, Vijay, what are you doing? No, 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 no. PhD also has its benefits. You know, this, 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 this. Then he was redeeming me. And finally I was convinced. 
Not because of him, but because of the church. I didn't want to leave the church. And that HR was so frustrated, she started <laughs> scolding from the other end. And she said, I'm going to blacklist you. You're never, never, never going to come, to come back to Eton. I said, I don't want to come back to Eton. And now I'm here. It's okay. You see, if you, have, if you have energy, you have talent, everybody's after you. The world is after you. Okay. You know what God says? I am also after you. <laughs> He wants to catch you when you're young and he wants to watch you grow like Samuel. And I love the guy Samuel. He says, the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. What a statement that is. Oh, what a statement. And the, and the, and the, and the lamp of Israel was flickering away. One priesthood was just, was dwindling away. And the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord. Before Eli. And when he got God, God called him, whom does he go to? Immediately says, here am I. He tells Eli. You see, there is not one word of dissent. What is this guy, old fellow, keep on calling me? He doesn't say that. He gets up and he's there. Second time, he goes there. Third time, he goes there. You ask Abigail? Abhi, please come. Abba, daddy. <laughs> you see? I love that statement. What respect he had for Eli. He knows his wife, his, 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 his uh, children are compromised. He knows that he is a compromised leadership, but he still has respect for the office. What a man. What a boy. That is the reason why they call the holy Prophets of old. They are not ordinary prophets, Baba. And it says the word of the Lord did not fall from Samuel's mouth. Why? Because of this attitude. That is the reason why I tell Abigail and Emmanuel, when you see elders get up and wish, we don't have, we don't want to have a culture like this where we don't respect eldership. Western culture, they will sit like this before their profs. And they will call props by their names. Once in my life, I called my prop by name. And he ran from his office and came to my room. Vijay, why did you call me? Madhav? I said, oh, sorry, sorry, sir. <laughs> I'm so sorry, sir. See? Our culture is Guru Mukhasya. Vidyalabhyate. Adimala culture. That is the reason of Guru Devo Bhava. We are very Middle Eastern in our thinking, Baba. Okay, have respect. Okay, that is besides the point. So redeem your youth. How do you redeem? Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Remember, the word is be mindful. 40%, 80% of the congregation here. Be mindful. Remember when? Now, huh? Not tomorrow. Now. Your creator. In the days of your youth. Don't say, Abba, I'm just a child. Who said that? Jeremiah. Before the difficult days come. Difficult days are already here. They've already come. (laughs) And the years draw near when you say, I have what? 
No. And I'm telling you something. You know why the maximum number of suicides among whom? Among whom? It is not among 60-year-old, 50-year-old, 70-year-old. It is among youth. They're, it is among youth. They're just finishing up their lives. What they are supposed to enjoy in 60 years, because of internet and because of all kinds of substance abuse, they finish, they enjoy within 20 years. And they don't know what to do. What should we do? Be mindful of your creator. Be mindful of your creator. Let me tell you something. Worship your creator in the days of your youth and you will redeem your youth. And if you do, if you worship everything else, you will waste your youth. Genesis chapter 29. Verse 17. Leah was tender-eyed, but Rachel was beautiful. And Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will... You know what the word for serve is? The Hebrew word is abad. Which, from which you get the word? Worship. I will worship you, Laban, for seven years. For the sake of your younger daughter. And look at Laban. Laban said, it is better that I give to her, give her to you, than to somebody else. Is it a specific promise or a vague promise? Vague. He made a statement, Baba. It is better for me to give her to you than to somebody else. He didn't say, I will give her to you. He never said that. See, God is not a God of uh, vagaries. He is specific. If you overcome, you will sit on my throne. Just as I overcame and I sat on my father's throne. If you overcome, you will not take up, take part of the second death. If you overcome, you will have the right to eat from the tree of life. If you overcome, I will give you hidden manna. Everything specific. What does he say? It is better. Sounds like a manager, no? Yeah, I think you deserve it. What is that? Ah, I think, uh, it is not you deserve it. No, 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 no. I think you deserve the promotion. Somebody else will come. And we'll do a song and dance. It will go to her. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm speaking your language, Baba. Yes, sister? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See that? See? No, very vague. Very vague promises. Yeah, it is better for me to give it to her. And you see, what happened to her? Genesis chapter 29. Jacob served seven years for Rachel. He worshipped who, Baba? The creature, not the creator. And for seven years of his life, is gone. Seven years gone. Not seven years actually. Hmm? Next day in the morning, he woke up. And behold, it was Leah. That was a shock of his life. He jumped out of the bed. I mean, the, the, you should see the, 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 the word of God is absolutely, you know, in, in Telugu it says, pachi pachi. Very, very, very raw. Our guy is direct attack. Look at his proposal. Jacob said to Laban, give my wife, for my days are fulfilled. I want to go into her. Finished. 
Direct attack. Now just imagine if you are going to ask for somebody's hand. You go and talk like this to your to-be father-in-law. What will you do? Yeah, you are all laughing. But it is there in the Bible. This guy is desperate. You see, don't waste your life. I am telling you something, my brothers. I have seen in my own youth group, gem of a people, incredibly gifted and talented, served Rachel and not God. You know what Romans 1 will say? Therefore, God also gave them up to what? Uncleanness in the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator. So what we do? Who is a romantic poet? John Keats. You are you don't have any idea about uh, literature, but you know John Keats. Why? For one statement. What is that statement? Ah, somebody said that. Ah, yes, pastor. Of course, literature. Think of beauty. He is a joy forever. Who said that, Baba? That's what boys do, no? God's creation, re? I'm worshipping. And finished 14 years of of your life. And I'm seeing, I've seen from my own YouTube, gem of people, gem of guys who just lost their entire life now. Their life is in shambles. Broken marriages. Broken lives. Because of one wrong decision. What? Wasting. What God has given to serve him and they serve themselves. Even your studies, what you want to do? We want to get a good job so that you can get a good wife. That is how it is, no? The, our our con- con- conversation in IIT was like this. We want BBG. What is BBG? Beautiful believer girl. Beautiful believer girl. Mm, beautiful believer girl. See? So don't waste your life, my dear brothers and sisters. Don't waste. Don't waste. This will not come back. Invest in reading the word of God. Studying scripture. And doing what you can do. That is the reason why pastor has given you devotions. No, If devotions only, I will say only devotions pastor. <laughs> Not much more than that. I remember when I was reading the Bible, no more, no devotion. Just eating the scripture right from morning till evening. I thought of bringing my Bible, the first Bible which I read. Just coming apart. Every line was marked. I was less than 30 when I was reading the Bible from cover to cover for the first time. Several times I read some chapters, some books. Right, 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 right. See, you will not get back that time again. That energy, that zeal, that enthu, you will not get back. Okay. 
that is the reason why if you hit why we why do we appreciate uh, federer and nadal and all these people oh they are 35 they are still playing and today i saw one chess match in the morning i was just going through one chess match daniel dubov beat uh, Mag- magnus carlsen you know what they're saying already chess analysts are saying magnus carlsen after he has reached 30 years old he has not even won a single tournament so everybody knows if they want to hit the peak they have to invest when they are what young i'm not talking about god using you in the ministry or using you mightily that is not what i'm talking about knowing getting to know god when you are young Proverbs chapter 5, look at what it says. For the lips of a strange woman drop as an honeycomb and her mouth is smoother than oil. But her end is as bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to the death. Her steps take hold of hell. Lest thou should, thou should ponder the path of life. Her ways are movable that thou sh- cannot snow them. Hear me now, therefore, ye my children, depart not from the words of my mouth. Remove thy way far from her and come not nigh to the door of her house, lest thou, what? Give thine honor unto others and thy years unto the cruel one. The pastor was talking to us yesterday in the evening, he was talking about reversal of blessings. That is exactly how the enemy steals your life. And before you know it, how did I miss it? How did I mess up so many years of my life after this relationship, after that career, whatever it is? Let strangers be filled with thy wealth and thy labors in the house of a stranger. And then what has happened? And thou mourn at last when thy flesh and thy body are what? Consumed now. It's all over. And you say, how I have what? Hated instruction and my heart despised reproof. I have not obeyed the voice of my teachers, nor inclined my ear to them that instructed me. I was what? Almost in all evil, right in the middle of the congregation. Right, right there when God was preaching to me, my heart was not there. I was already set on something else. My dear brothers and sisters, don't waste your young youth. I'll tell you something, every time I see young people, no, I want to be in your position so that I can relive my life. I'm not going to come back. So many things I wanted to do right. I see potential in some of you, people from GSS, because I work closely with you, some of you at least. I know some of you, some of you guys' potential. I know it. Things don't waste it away. Don't waste it away. That is the reason why Lamentations chapter 3. You know, that's the reason why, what is it called? It's called what? Lamentation. <laughs> Jeremiah is systematically lamenting. Look at what he says. The Lord is good to those who hope in him, to those who seek him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man to bear the yoke while he is young. Let him sit alone in silence. For the Lord has what? That yoke is placed upon him by whom? By the Lord. And what should you do? Let him bury his face in the dust that there may be hope. That means humble yourself. Humble yourself. Come under teaching. Come under anointed teachers so that they can instruct you. Yesu nijadasulanu 
బాసి ఉండకు అర్థ తెలుగు నోడి సేస్ డు నాట్ ఫర్ సేక్ ద ఫెలోషిప్ ఆఫ్ గాడ్స్ ట్రూ టీచర్స్ కమాండర్ ఇన్స్ట్రక్షన్ కమాండర్ టీచింగ్ కమాండర్ ది అనాయింటింగ్ put your mouth in the dust mean humble yourself like samuel what did he do he served god before the lord before eli humbled himself under god ordained authority and one day god spoke to him directly wow do you want to be like that isn't it interesting how old was samuel 5 years old it was sufficient for him to live the rest of her life for his own will he said the rest of the life i am not going to live for my own will but for the will of god okay so redeem your time redeem your youth another point i want to make this is not going to be a systematic study it is going to be a seamless study though okay first corinthians chapter 7 was was 29 onwards but this i say brothers the time is short so that from now on even those who have wives should be as though they had none somebody was so frustrated yesterday with all the frustration and a question only but they understood in other words let me tell you something do not have a spouse as your life partner who has no vision for god in your life in their lives you will waste away i'm telling you under the authority of the bible don't make do experiments lab is full of counter examples how many examples Ah, you know in mathematics if you have one counter example the equation is not true you might have several numbers for which the equation is true but for hmm not true so they're all brushing up your mathematics you see <laughs> like you'll get an english class when pastor is preaching you'll get a math class when i'm when i'm teaching you see one counter example is enough So what does the enemy do? Like I, I heard several years back in Abed's pastor's preaching. Sometimes, you know what? There will be an unbeliever, a believer who marries an unbeliever. And suddenly, ostensibly, that, that marriage might seem to be successful. That guy who, after he becomes a believer, he is now on fire for the Lord and both of them are serving the Lord. Enemy leaves that. You know why? So that he can deceive somebody else. Ah, it happened with, brother, with that brother and that sister. I will also do it. Finished. So, he's very smart. See, for enemy, you are just a number. For God, you are not a number. On everybody's forehead is written a particular name. You know what for the enemy? In every forehead or on your wrist is written a number. Ah, you are a statistic. Don't become a statistic. even though we study statistics i hate it because they're all lies they only give you probability kada if you invest the stock based upon the previous model and now model the prediction is says kalman filter apply the most optimal prediction is this most optimal prediction they never factored in god the point is that so if you don't factor in god all your statistics are lies don't become a statistic god has written his name on your forehead that means everybody knows god every in god's kingdom everyone is known by god and knows god 
In the enemy, you are just a number. You can be easily disposed of. You are dispensable. Don't become a statistic. Okay. Those who weep as though did not weep. Those who buy as though did not possess. And those who use the world as not misusing it. For the form of this world is passing away. You know what Telugu says? Lokapu natana gatinchipod. It's a pre- the pretense of the world. The word for form. The pretense of the world is, for, is passing away. It's passing away. Look at what it says in Second Kings chapter 5. We saw that yesterday, right? Uh, uh, in uh, for, uh, for chapter 5 about Gehazi. When he went in and stood before his master, Elisha asked him, Where have you been, Gehazi? This is in, in the NIV translation. Your, your servant did not go anywhere, Gehazi answered. But Elisha said to him, Was not my spirit with you? I like that. Whose spirit did Elisha have? The spirit of Elijah. <laughs> and what was the spirit that was following him? The spirit of Elijah. And what did Gehazi miss? The spirit of Elijah. Was not my spirit with you when the man when the man got down from his chariot to meet you? Is this the what? The 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 time? To make money or accept clothes, olive groups. You see, I mean, you know, for 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 the prophet, he sees the whole end. He just doesn't see the first step. You know, for example, I know some problems, right? I see the first step. I know where you're going. Kada. If the first step is right, every other subsequent step is right. This guy's first step is completely wrong. I know where you're going now. I know what your end is going to be. I'm already calculating your end. Prophet is a mathematician. You see? He knows it. Where is it going to end? Grooves and vineyards or flocks and herds and male. What did I take? I took two garments and two talents of silver. But I know where this is taking you. Where this is taking you, I know. Second Samuel chapter 11. It happened in the spring of the year at the time when kings, you know the word for two battle is not there actually. It's in italics. That has been added. That means the kings have to go out. That's it. Stood back in Jerusalem. After that, finished. Time. And what happens? Naman's leprosy will cling to you and your descendants forever. Now think about that. Think about that. No, for him, it was a physical thing. He could very clearly see. Okay. But what for what about people in the new covenant? Do we see that uncleanness? Do we see the spirit of the world is unclean? Look at what it says in John's Gospel, chapter 13, verse 10. When Jesus in his last supper is washing the feet of his disciples and he goes and washes even the disciple who's going to betray him, his feet also he washes. And look at what he says. 13.10, John. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are what? Clean. Huh? Though not every one of you. Already you have uncleanness in your heart. It's just a matter of time. I know it. I know it. It's not a time to waste, my dear brothers. 
you want the promises of god to come to pass in your life stay under anointing stay under teaching read the bible study the word just don't be satisfied with mere devotions why what is a devotion for lord i want to know you i want the purposes of god to come into my life i don't want this year to just go go like that i want the promise of god to be fulfilled in my life See, if you have to go, go 100%. Why? 10%, 20%. I always keep telling myself, you know what? I did not leave my job just to be okay, okay in the ministry. I want to give my everything. My everything. I will not be satisfied with anything substandard or suboptimal even. That is what suboptimal solutions also will make you lose. That's not exactly what happened to Magnus Carlsen. You know, the commentators call it a suboptimal move. Ante, yeah, under the circumstances, this is the best move. Suboptimal. But I want the optimal. <laughs> the most perfect move. I am not here, Lord. I want to give my everything to God. We look at one example. About how this is such a dangerous thing if we don't take it to heart. Genesis chapter 13. This is when there was strife between Abraham's uh, herdsmen and Lot's herdsmen. The place was not sufficient for both of them. That's what it says. Well, Lot lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan that was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah in brackets of course. Like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as you go toward Zoar. Then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated each other. Okay. And then, when they separated each other, he's still making a choice. Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and he pitched his tent even as Far as Sodom, but the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. So what does he see? He has a decision. I don't want to stay in under my uncle anymore. Enough. Everyday Bible study. Everyday fighting. Promised land, every day there will be fight. You see, promised land, it is meant for, you, you don't, you, you don't get the promises of God without a fight. He learned that in so many teachings. So he saw, he sees Sodom and he says, okay, fine, this is what I'm, this is best for me. I'm going there. Okay. This is the best decision for my life. That is how he sees it. Men of Sodom were exceedingly sinful against the that's what he sees. Look at what. This is just Sodom, but it could be there in the church also. Now, this is what Ezekiel chapter 16 will talk about Judah. Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 49. Look, this was the iniquity of your sister Sodom. We looked at it in several contexts, but just understand this from this perspective, okay? She and her daughter had pride, fullness of food, abundance of idleness. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy. The two things that people are after. Fullness of food means fullness of bank account, 
Abundance of idleness means early retirement. When I was growing up, I mean, I was in, was in another country, we used to have discussions among young people. Retire before 45. After that, the rest of the life, enjoy. So have sufficient assets and rest of your life, idle. That is what the world's motto is. That's what he wants to see. But to look at what God sees, exceedingly wicked. Let me tell you something. If you want to live in Sodom, essentially talking about the world, there has to be a philosophy or a doctrine which empowers it. Understand? Unless and until there is some kind of a religious backing, we will not be comfortable there. You understand what I am talking about? Unless and until somebody backs us up and says, yeah, approves you. Some prophetic figure has to approve it. Yeah, this is the right decision for you. It was good for you to leave Abraham. And go into Sodom. It's a fantastic. God was there in that plan. Somebody has to approve. That's exactly what Jeremiah chapter 23 will say. Look at what it says in Jeremiah chapter 23. Among the prophets of Samaria, I saw this repulsive thing. What is it? They prophesied by Baal and led my people Israel astray. And among the prophets of where? Jerusalem, I have seen something horrible. They commit adultery and they Live a lie. Who are living a lie? The prophets. That's why we looked at it, no? A lie you believe in ultimately will make you do the lie. Okay, fine. They live a lie. They strengthen the hands of evildoers so that no one of them turns from his wickedness. That means nobody wants to turn from their decision. They approve them in their decision. Who are they? The prophets. They are prophets who live a lie and they prophesy a lie and they ratify the decision that you have taken. But look at what how God says. Not one of them turns them into from their wickedness. That means in their preaching there will not be repentance. Nothing. Get right with God. God is coming. Live in the light of judgment. Nothing of that sort. Look at how, what Jeremiah says. 23. They are all like <laughs> see Sodom to me. And the people of Jerusalem are like Gomorrah. Why? Because of the who? Because of the prophets. See? So what happens most of the time? When you make a decision to go away from God ordained place for you, what you will find? You will find somebody backing you up so that you can stay in Sodom and not leave Sodom. You see that? Who will justify in your life? And even if God sends preliminary judgments, you're so strongly rooted in Sodom, you don't want to come out. How does it appear to everybody on the outside? Everybody on the outside, it appears life as normal. Albeit the new normal. It's called the new normal now. It's not normal. It's normal now. Everybody should wear a mask. What a big deal. Can you imagine the new normal? You're okay. Flight tickets, no. Instead of buying one ticket, we'll buy two tickets for per head. Big deal. That's a normal. Mass went to Gachiboli the other day. Full empty. Full empty. 
and big, 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 big offices, empty. Place which was bustling with activity. If you come at 5 o'clock in the evening, you will, the traffic will be like what? Those days you take me for one and a half hour to come to church. On the bike, not even the car. The landscape has changed in Madhapur, right? But all empty buildings now. Isn't it interesting? It's stunning actually. Big, big, big buildings. I was driving through Madhapur the other day. I was like, wow, this looks like Singapore now. Big buildings like this. I'm just like watching like this. And one ICIC building, you don't, you, two eyes are not sufficient. You have to, you should have the panera view, right? The camera, you should do for 25 seconds in order to get the whole ICIC building into, our, into your mind. But fully empty. Microsoft, empty. Infosys, empty. Capgemini, empty. Pizza Hut, permanently closed. Empty buildings. Have you seen the world? What is it? It's a parable, my dear brothers. Of worse things to come. And then you will drive on that rope build bridge now. These days, there's a rope bridge. Wow. This looks like Golden Gate Bridge. We also have our Golden Gate Bridge equivalent. Those days when I walked on the Golden Gate Bridge, I was feeling so elated and happy. Now we have one in Hyderabad too. With all the LED lights. It's going to be empty. In orbit, nobody to go around its orbit. All electrons lost from the orbit. You see? It's all over. It's empty. Have you seen Madhapur empty? It scares me, you know. It scares me. DLF with huge complex. Empty. ISB, Indian School of Business. Empty. Triple IT, don't come inside. What about your prof? He's in quarantine. Oh, (laughs) seven days quarantine. This is what is happening. What are we calling it? The new normal. See how we get used to it? We are also eternal optimists. You know why? Because we have eaten up a doctrine which makes us comfortable in Sodom. A lie. And we will not turn. You are waiting for good times to come. And God is, he is now he's speaking in a megaphone now. Like C.S. Lewis makes a statement. In your prosperity, God whispers. But in your pain, he screams. And there is pain all around. And God is screaming. And you know what people are saying? We'll, be, we'll get used to the new normal. Hey, don't come into Ratnadeep without a mask. Huh. I will not buy in Ratnadeep anymore now. You know why? We have people who will entrench you. Have you seen people? They have, how many of people have actually gone on their knees and said, Lord, we want to turn because you know what? They have eaten a lie which has entrenched them in Sodom. Lies which have entrenched them in Sodom. Outside, Luke's Gospel chapter 17. Likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot. What are they doing? They are eating and drinking. The other day we went to Zafron Exotica. No place. 
Absolute barbecue. No place. Barbecue nation. No place. Everywhere. No place. Everywhere. They want to go back to eating and drinking now. Place. They sold, they planted, they built it. The same day Lot went out to Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. They don't know what's coming. You know what it says in uh, 77.6 of Psalms, in the Telugu translation. You know what it says? My spirit has searched your, your paths of judgment. That's exactly the translation in Telugu. My spirit has searched for your paths of judgment. How you judge? 77.6. You can go back and read it. So what does it do? What he says? Even thus it shall be in the day when son of man is revealed. In that day, he which shall be on the housetop and his stuff in the house. Where is what? What he's got? He's got full stuff. He is full stuff at house, in the house. Let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not turn back. Don't remember Lot. Remember his wife. So we know who is the cause for all this problem. Let us stay with Abraham. No. No. Too strict. All the time Bible study. I will not let you go to Bible study like this. Every time mission, mission trip, mission trip, mission trip, mission trip, mission trip. What is this? There is no time for ourselves. Lot's wife. You want to have, get, oh, you, that's what I'm saying. Don't waste your life with people who are not interested in God. Some, some, one man of God, I don't want, don't want to name their name, even though I know his name. Once upon a time, man of God said, life is too short, eternity is too long. Don't make decisions which will trap you in time. You know what it says in the, the, the French Bible calls God, the Lord God as the eternal one. So, they looked unto the eternal one, it says, actually, the translation, the literal do. Means what? How do they call God as eternal one? Meaning what? Live in the light of eternity. You read different, different translations, you will get some interesting nuances. And by the way, the word nuance is French. <laughs> okay? Remember Lot's wife. What about the believer in Sodom? What is happening to him? What is happening to him? Why is he not able to make a decision? Why is he still lingering? Look at what it says in Second Peter chapter 2. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those afterwards who would live ungodly. And delivered who? Righteous Lord, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. He was oppressed. He knows it, but he can't do anything about it. Because of his... Ah, oh, For that righteous man, dwelling among them, tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. But was he able to make a decision to get out of Sodom? No. No. He's entrenched there. Right there. Unless somebody else will pluck him out literally, he still doesn't want to come out. My dear brothers, my dear brothers, my dear brothers. The spirit of the world is too strong, my dear brothers. It's not easy. I remember Art Katz talking about one of his secretaries who used to work for his organization some time back. Very godly young lady. 
very godly young lady. Sold out for God. Served in the ministry for a long time. And then one day God told her, go to this particular uh, uh, ministry in uh, Germany and uh, serve there. So she was called by God. God literally was leading her and the elders of the church came together, laid hands on her and they sent her. So this place where she was going to was a place with strict discipline. Get up early in the morning at 5.30, serve in the laundry, serve in different different areas that you have to serve, very little interaction with the outside world. And after six months, the Artcats goes there and he wants to look at how the sister is doing. She comes to him and she knows that he's, he's, he's a visiting evangelist in that one of the churches there. And she comes to talk to him and he, she says, and she, he looks at her and she's so downcast. And he says, what happened, sister? Art, can you just take me to a Chinese restaurant, please? I'm dying for noodles. And you know what Art says? You see how strong the spirit of the world is? For that one person who has literally stayed away from all these things, she still has that dying urge for Chinese noodles. Chinese noodles. Chinese noodles. I don't know, they have a very interesting taste. I'm, I'm not talking about Chinese noodles in India. They are authentic Chinese cuisine in Canada. And their shrimp fried rice is fantastic. I spend, I give so much of money to Chinese. Oh, I love it. I should, every time I used to go there. It's like, you know, they say in, uh, in Indian language, cheap and best. But quite a bit of money went, even though it was like that, because I ate some multiple times. Huh? You see, the spirit of the world is very strong. You see, it, uh, abstain from something. If, if it is losing its power, then you're getting better. If you're like, okay, 30 days of fasting is over, now I'm going to go all bonkers until I finished. <laughs> there is no difference between you and those people in the Mardigra. Spirit of the world is very strong. You say no to some of your appetites, you'll see how strong the world is inside of you. You're very earthly. Even though you are seated in, in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. <laughs> you see, understand that. It's there. See, the, unlike, 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 uh, Gehazi, his leprosy was very ostensible. You could see it, but you know what? Demas also forsook Paul. Having loved this present age, it says. And what happened to him? Did he get leprosy? No! He was prospering! Would he say, would he repent now and say, Paul, I made a blunder. I should never have left you. Now I think he is, if he's not made it to heaven. Can you imagine leaving Apostle Paul and going? Can you imagine that? That means anything can, it can happen. Don't take anything, anything lightly. Just see it. Judge your heart and say, Lord, am I clean or unclean? Am I clean or unclean? Does, does, do I still have the spirit of this world? Is there any uncleanness inside of me? Judge your heart severely. You know why? Because we have been given a promise. What is the promise? Rejoice, O barren. Enlarge your tents. Okay? An unfulfilled promise should inspire what? Holy living, my dear brothers. So what does God say? In 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Therefore, ah, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. And touch no unclean thing. That's what he says. Abstain from 
every appearance of evil. Because we walk by faith and not by? No, appearance. That's the word. Not by appearance. If you think that this is fantastic and is the most plausible thing that you need to do, ask 250 times. Is it going to take me closer to God? Or am I imp- taking part of something which is unclean? Touch no unclean thing. And I will receive you. And I will be a father to you. And you will be my sons and daughters. Say the Lord, touch no unclean thing. My dear brothers, this year, work on that. If God has given us a promise, be like Joseph. You know what? I will live in the light of the promise. If you are a young man, flee youthful lusts. And pursue righteousness, peace, love with all of them who call upon the Lord from a pure heart. Seek for a fellowship. Seek for a fellowship of a set of people who absolutely are on fire for God, who do not have anything, do not want to have anything to do with this world. And say, Lord, I don't want this world. There could be a world in front of them, but they're fighting it and saying, Lord, I don't want to have anything with this world. I want to go and walk that straight and narrow path. I do not want to touch anything unclean. So, watch how much time you're watching internet. Change your history. Hmm? Change your history, Baba. Let it be Bible Gateway, blueletterbible.org, biblehub.com. That history is good. Spurgeon.com, gracegems.com. Good. I'm giving you some websites, interesting websites. Don't say how boring it is. No. You see? Slowly you separate from this world, you'll see how naturally, no, not naturally, slowly you will inculcate that habit of, you know, it's, it's an acquired taste. Initially, palakka juice will, will taste very bad. But after a while, you should have taste for it. You'll become a gourmet of the food of God. So 2021, praise Him, what? In a holy attire. So let me just give you a few elements of that holy attire before we go to communion. Colossians chapter 3 will talk about that. Therefore, as the elect of God, ah, how? Holy and beloved. Put on tender mercies, kindness, meekness, long-suffering, and my most important thing is what? Humility. Put your mouth in the dust. And surrender to authority. And I'm telling you from experience, I've enjoyed freedom because I surrendered. My personal experience, my testimony, I can tell you before God and before man, this has been my testimony. I've been kept from making stupid mistakes in my life. That is the reason why it says, you who are young, what? Submit to your elders. Be what? Clothed with humility. I love that word. Clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. Therefore, therefore, submit to God and resist the devil. Bearing with one another. Forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so also you must do. And above all these things, put on love, 
which is the bond of perfection. Oh, this is a holy attire. Yeah, this is a whole sermon. I'm not going to go into the details of it. As elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies. So what are you going to do this year? Lord, my time. You sing that song? My heart, my mind, my soul belongs to you. Okay? Everything belongs to you, Lord. Take my eyes. Take my silver and my gold. Not a mite I with I do withhold. Say that. Okay. We sing those songs in our old uh, mainline churches, and we, those those times we didn't mean it. We we said, silver and our gold is yours, but Lord, I will only give you ten rupees. Okay. And in US dollar in the collection plate, it has to make on sound. Ta-da! Okay. Above all those things, put on love. Give it to all. Romans chapter 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. This is your true and proper worship. As I said, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. This is true and proper worship. Offering your bodies as a living sacrifice. My eyes, my mind, my, my, my everything, Lord. I want especially my tongue this year. Tongue, tongue, tongue. Speakless. Listen more. That is the reason why we have to listen. How much should we listen? And how much should we talk? We should t- talk half as much as we listen. And we should listen twice as much as we speak. Why? Because we have been given two years. Okay, very simple. We get mathematics, you see. <laughs> you, you are all laughing, but it is true. I am all ears. That's what you say, no? All ears. Slow to sp- hear, speak. Quick to hear. Quick to obey. Slow to get angry. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what the will of God is. He is good, he is pleasing, and his perfect will. What is the will of God for us as a church? Enlarge. As a church, it is very clear. As I said, the question paper is already out. But we have to reach up to the level of the, of the question or to the blessing that God has given us. So sanctify yourself. For the Lord is going to do great exploits among us. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? If you say, yes, say hallelujah, amen. Amen. So this morning, even as we come to the table, you know what God does? Whatever you give to him, first he will break it. First he will give thanks. Thank you, Father, for letting Vijay to give his life to me, but let me break him first. He's not going to hamstring you, but he's going to break you. And then he's going to multiply you. That's what it means, right? You'll be blessed to be a blessing. He will enlarge you and he will make you a blessing. That's what it means. So many interpretations of it. But in order for that to happen, five loaves and two fish, can it feed 5,000? This morning, even as we come to the table, Pastor James is going to come and lead us. Hallelujah. As we come to the table. light of the promise God says God says, not man says God says enlarge but as Pastor Vijay <laughs> as he was closing 
Remember, he had only five loaves of bread. And he had really enlarged and stretched it for 5,000 plus people. And the only way he could do it was by breaking it. God has never enlarged any person in the Bible without breaking him or her first. So don't think it's a pleasurable process. It's a painful process. But in the end, he will realize his way was the best. Doesn't. He doesn't do. We look at Joseph sitting on the throne, but he broke him in 13 years. Like he said, the translation says, the iron entered into his soul. Okay? So that he could reach that position. He was so strong inside Every, every testing that comes, uneasy lies the head that wears the crown. The higher you go, the more responsibility, but he didn't buckle under the pressure of feeding a nation under seven years of famine because iron had entered into his soul in prison. So please understand, every one of them, David running before Saul for years, years, maybe ten years, okay, every one of them. So there's a process. The Bible says about the two disciples, when he broke the bread, their eyes opened. Actually, we understand life only through that process. That's when we will actually say from our heart, God is good. Now we say with our lips, God is good. So as we come to the table, I can invite the elders, please come. Relate us in one stanza and worship as we prepare ourselves to come to the table for the first time this year all our victory all our enlargement our stretching everything comes only because of this table because of what he did for us we can do what he says because he's the author and he's the finisher yes Peter from the Lord that which also I deliver to you that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it 
in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Shall we pray? Father, this morning as we come to your table, it's your table, the table of our Father, who broke his son for our sake. It's not an ordinary table. This is a divine table where his son was sacrificed. His life, his soul was poured out for our sake. As we partake of the emblems of his body and his blood, I pray each one will receive new strength to walk in the light of the promise that has been given to us. We need strength. We need power. We need resilience. We need your spirit. Without you, this promise will not come to pass. But with you, all things are possible. So as we partake, cleanse us, heal us, sanctify us, and strengthen us, O Lord. That we may redeem our time and do your will. That you may be glorified in everything that we do. Be magnified, Lord, in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please keep the emblems in your hand as it comes and we shall partake of it together. When Satan tempts me to despair and tells me all the guilt Sunday already two and a half days are over we are reached almost half the day is done have you redeemed the time no 
that's something that's the only thing actually that is common about all humanity only thing that is common about humanity nothing else is common it's everybody is given only 24 hours only 24 nobody gets a minute more nobody gets a minute less god's children have the advantage of god with them and for them the creator of the universe we do not have the the world does not have the advantage where god says i will give you back the years that the locusts have eaten they don't have that advantage they don't have the instruction which we have how to redeem our time in what things we invest our time it is redeemed the world does not have any of this no you know at my age because i did not redeem my time in my days of my youth because i did not know god for the first 20 years of my life i did not know god almost so i'm making up for my youth now doing the things which i should have done that's why i wake up before 4 i have to make up because you know you would got very little time left what i should have done the spiritual disciplines i needed then i didn't know god one book i never read was the bible never did read every book under the sky every literature from around the world except one book it's true i read everything european african indian chinese you ask me any ancient mythology anything any god i knew their name before i was 20 except the real one now i am repenting i only know one name forgotten all the others but you kids have an advantage think about it the young one sitting here under 20 under 25 12 years you have heard 12 years you have heard you know if you have 12 years of this teaching you should be preachers by now because even bible college is only 3 years that means you should have four bible college degrees by now did you redeem your time okay as pastor said we are sent into the world but we are not of the world if we don't go into the world how will we witness how will we work we are not of the world and the sad story of lot is that it's a man who had the best testimony in his life his own uncle and saw the hand of god upon his uncle's life yet he went in another direction then you what he got a lesson he was taken captive and his uncle rescued him and he still went back and think about the people of sodom this guy goes there and invests his entire life in sodom right he lives among them he goes all the way up and is sitting at the city gates and the people of sodom owe him his their lives literally their lives why because of him his uncle came and rescued and set them free they owe him everything that's a problem if you go into the world and become the part of the world and not stay separate from the world part of the world on the day of judgment they won't value you they won't value you 
Look at Genesis 18, if I'm right, and verse 4. If I'm right, 18, 4. Can I have it, Avinash? Just look at it. No, no, not Genesis 18. It is uh, Genesis 19, 9. 18:4 is uh, Revelation 18:4, where God tells you to come out. Not 18, sorry. You know what they said? Stand back. This one came to stay here. He keeps acting as a judge. Did you ever belong? You think as a believer, you go into the world, act like the world, dress like the world, talk like the world, one day they will say you are one of us? It's an absolute total waste of time if you're a child of God trying to please the world. Because when the day comes, you know what they will say? You know the world, Sodom, owed their life to him. You know the world owes their life to us. The world is not judged because the righteous are there. But do you think they will recognize us that day? You know what they said? This one came to stay here and he keeps acting as a judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your life. It's an absolute. You want to waste your time? Pour it before God. He will value it. He will value it. Okay. Don't, children, young people, don't. Don't waste your time. Okay. It's an absolute total waste throwing your, your life in the world. It's a waste. Neither will God recognize you, nor will the world value you. You will always be a misfit. Like Pastor said, you are just a number. You are just a number. And now let the vaccination come. Then you will know whether you are a number or a person. You will get a number. And when you travel, they will check whether the number comes before they will let you into the plane. Just a number. Just a number. You'll see. Trial run has begun. Okay. Look at what BBC said yesterday. The pandemic was used as a cover by most governments to strictly enforce almost what? The most draconian measures to tighten their grip on the people. And they were avoiding the Western and only talking about the Eastern nations, of course. India is in it. But they forgot the Western nations are equally bad. Every nation. They used the pandemic as a cover to control us. Like I was saying yesterday, they beat you up. Yeah, they beat you up for not wearing a mask, coming out. They beat you up, broke bones, broke your vehicle. They did everything. Let me ask you the question. Has the virus gone? Are you on the streets? Do they say anything? Did they apologize? No. Because they think they don't owe you, the people. They serve the people, right? We elected them, right? But they don't think they owe us anything. The brutality of the regimes all around the world, what they did to the people over a virus. Just a sign of things to come. But you know, God says, those who know the Lord shall do great exploits in the middle of this. That's why God said, enlarge it. Stretch forth. When the, when the world says, get inside and shrink, 
God comes out and says, step out and stretch. The world says, this is the time we will control you and it will be recession. God says, not for my kingdom. It never recedes. It never retreats. It only expands. The government is upon and the increase of his government. There is no end. Believe it. Shall we stand? Father, this morning we just come to you. We stand here in faith, in the light of the promise. And I'm believing and I'm speaking into all the young ones, especially, Lord. The young ones. So many young here. Full of energy. Full of strength. Now I pray they will be full of purpose and vision. For where there is no vision, people fall away. Every young man who became great in the word of God is because they received a vision when they were young. They understood God and his purpose when they were young. Joseph, 17, received a vision. David, a young teenager, had the oil poured on his head. Daniel, as a teenager, stood there in a Babylon court and made a decision for God. Jeremiah, a young man, was asked, what do you see? And Saul of Tarsus, a young man on the road to Damascus, encountered Christ. And these young men changed the world. And I pray these young men and women standing here, and all the others, you can receive a vision at 80 like Moses. Or hear the voice of God as a child like Samuel. Or receive a dream like Joseph. No age is a bar for God to be used. The question is, will you go? I say another young man. His eyes saw the Lord. His lips was cleansed by fire. And then God said, who will go? And he said, here I am. I pray our young people receive a vision. The greatness of our God, the goodness of our God, and the glory of the coming kingdom. And they will put their hand for the king and the kingdom, and not this perishing world. The world and its desires are passing away. It's just like vapor. It's just like mist. But he who does the will of God lives forever and ever. That's the call of God. I pray today, this third day of this new year, hearts will surrender to God. Hands will lay hold of the plow and heads will never turn back again. And as far as the world is concerned, we are not tourists. We are pilgrims. We are not on a sightseeing mission. We are passing through to a better place. We are not who waste time. We are those who redeem time. We are not those who throw money. We are stewards who invest money. We are people called to occupy till he comes. And no man, he said, 
knows the hour when he will come. But he says, watch. And to all I say, watch. That when he comes, we should be at his business. Found faithful. Whether you are young or whether you are old. Found faithful at your post. So to that end, Lord, I commit the church. The visible and the invisible church. Those who are present and those who are online. Everyone. Commit them, Lord. Let this year be a year of stretching. There will be pain when we stretch. A year that we lengthen our cords. The stakes go deep in. Not at all satisfied with superficial praise, superficial prayer, superficial word. Let it go deep, Lord. Let our praise come from our innermost being, O Lord. Truly, Lord, truly. Let it go deep. Lengthen in the things of God. Help us, Lord. Help us. With you, we can do this. With you, all things are possible. We will stand up and take hold the hand of God and the promise of God and walk through this year, through this land. Help us to be that life and that light you want us to be. Anoint us for that purpose, Lord. Afresh this morning, anoint us. We have partaken of the table, your redemptive gift. Now empower us, Lord, to walk in that redemption. Empower us. Thank you, Father. I just thank you. Thank you for everyone. Let there be healing in bodies, peace in the hearts, and strength in their souls, O Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Restoration in lives. Deliverance in lives. Let it be our portion. For you are able to save us to the uttermost. And we want to be saved to the uttermost. Leaving nothing unoccupied by the spirit of Christ in us. Let it begin with us, Lord, before we can go out. Thank you, thank you, Father. We just glorify your holy name. And we proclaim, thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. Amen and amen.